my name is Josiah, as Elisa said before, for those who don't know me. And I'm one of the interns here at Yorkie. The past few weeks have been really exciting in the life of the church, with almost a baptism every week for the past couple of months. We've had people get baptised in our nice, warm baptistry, while others opted for a cold, murky lake. One of these in the rain, because they obviously didn't want everyone else to be left out on getting wet. (laughs) It was an amazing experience of joy, no matter what the weather. But it's been really cool to see the faith journeys of these youth from Yorkie kids to having a faith of their own and on fire for God. And today there's going to be even more baptisms, which is really exciting. We had one at the 9 o'clock service, just impromptu, at the end of the service. Um, And then we have another two this service thus far. (laughs) If God is staring you in your heart during the service to get baptised, act on it. We've got plenty of spare clothes out the back that you can borrow. And all the staff have also brought spare clothes, just in case. And if not this week... Well, there's always next week, isn't there? But let's start with the basics, like what is baptism? Because that might be useful to know. And we're talking about water baptism today. The answer to this question will differ depending on the denomination. Here at York Street, we believe in believer's baptism and baptism by full immersion. So the person getting baptized must believe in Jesus and they'll be fully dunked in the water. If we look at baptism in the Bible and then look at what we do today, there are some differences, even some potential barriers that the Western church has put up from the original. So I guess without further ado, let's go to another episode of Mythbusters. Myth number one. You have to have your life together and have a really close relationship with Jesus in order to be baptised. If we have a look at scripture, Acts 2.41 and Acts 8.35-38, to 38, like in these stories, the people heard the gospel for the first time and then were immediately baptized. There was no gap. They just did it. For some reason, there's now a gap, and we, we wait until we are ready and then get baptized. I know for me personally, it was eight years between when I became a Christian and got baptized. So why is this? I think it's just because we want people to understand what they are doing before they do it, which is a good reason. However, most people who got baptized in the Bible probably didn't know 100% what they were doing. But out of an act of faith, they got baptized anyway. So this myth is busted. Myth number two. You have to share a little testimony before you get baptized. Like the last myth, this comes with good intention. Your church family wants to hear a little bit of your story so that they can celebrate with you how God has worked in your life. However, in Acts 2, when 3,000 people got baptized in one day, they probably didn't all share their testimonies. Imagine, just, hi, my name's Bob. I heard about this Jesus fella, and he seems like a pretty cool dude, so, you know, I want to follow him, and you said I should get baptized, Peter, so I will. Like, I think by person 100, that would get pretty old. But luckily, at York Street, I don't think we're going to have 3,000 people getting baptized in one sitting, so you can tell a little bit of your story. But if that is a barrier for you, 
Well, you don't have to if you don't want to. So this myth is also busted. Myth number three, you have to get baptized in water. Well, actually, yes, you do. I mean, what else are you going to get baptized in? Like coffee? Because like, that is a lot of coffee. Or tea? That's a lot of tea bags. Like a whole supermarket's worth. If you look at water in the Bible, it is used to signify a major change. Like Noah and the ark. Moses parting the Red Sea. Even Jesus turning water into wine, signifying the start of his public ministry. And of course, baptism. Getting baptized in water symbolizes you being washed clean of your sins. We recognize, however, that some people might be afraid of water or getting dunked under. If it makes you feel more at ease, we've never had an incident. The water only comes up to about here. And as for the dunking, we can't really avoid that. But the person baptizing, you can do it extra quick if you would like. <laughs> so this myth is confirmed. Myth number four, I have been a Christian for such a long time, I don't need to get baptized. If this is the case for you, I still want to encourage you to get baptized, and here's why. One, baptism is an act of obedience to Jesus, and two, it will be encouraging for the rest of your church family. It will be brave and courageous, but it will be inspiring and exciting to see you take that step and we want to celebrate that with you. Like I said before, there was an eight-year gap between when I became a Christian and then got baptized. But the reason why I did get baptized was because I read the scriptures and read, believe and be baptized. So I did. If this is you today, I know it's vulnerable, but please do it. It is in vulnerability that growth happens and Jesus works. This myth is also busted. Myth number five. I was christened or baptized as a baby, so I don't need to get baptized. This is a tricky one. I know for some of you, your parents had you lovingly christened or baptized when you're a baby in another church. And I don't want to disrespect that or undervalue that action. That was an action of faith and shows both their faith in God and they're longing for you to know him. At York Street, our theme for the year is follow me. And Jesus got baptized as an example for us to follow him and do the same thing. Then if you look at the Greek for baptism, it's baptisma, which is a verb meaning to submerge, specifically ceremonial submerging. This is why at York Street, we fully submerge the baptizee. So if you were christened or baptized as a baby, you may find that the Holy Spirit is drawing you towards considering the invitation to be baptized by full immersion as well, because that is what Jesus did. Again, I don't want to undervalue the first time, but there's something powerful about believer's baptism as an act of obedience from yourself, not your parents. And it's a step along your faith journey that you can make for yourself. So this myth is also busted. These were just five of many myths, but I hope and pray that if any of these are barriers for you, that those barriers would be knocked down and that you feel like you can get baptized. Maybe today, 
maybe another day. But whatever the case, we'd love to journey with you and help you cross any more bridges that you'll cross on your journey of faith. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for baptism, and thank you for the joy and celebration that it brings. Lord, I just pray that um, if anyone feels stirred in their hearts now, that they would be courageous enough to take action on that, and that, um, yeah, they wouldn't let fear stop them, but they would just do it, Um, and then that we can just celebrate with them as a church family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, good morning, church. My name's Bree. I'm another intern here at Yorkie. Um, Believe and be baptised. It's pretty simple. Do you believe and have you yet been baptised? We've just heard about what it means to believe in Jesus, to have salvation over the communion table. And we've debunked some myths about baptism. Now I believe it's time to take action, to listen to the Holy Spirit, Hear what God is speaking to you individually today. What is he stirring in you? Firstly, it's important to understand that um, repentance precedes baptism. Baptism is not a means by which we have salvation or sins are forgiven. In Romans 10 verse 9, the Bible says, If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. For as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. It later says in verse 13, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So baptism is not our salvation. Paul is also very clear in other letters in the New Testament that we are saved by grace through faith not by any works, so that no man can boast. We don't receive salvation through baptism. We receive salvation through confession of faith, believing in your heart, declaring with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. A stumbling block for some people can be Mark 16, 16, which reads, whoever believes and is baptised will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Now, the word baptised in this scripture um, more closely translates to whoever has union with Christ. So we can actually read this, whoever believes and has union with Christ will be saved. So baptism is not a work by which salvation comes. It's as a result of our repentance. Baptism is a result of a heart that submits to the Lord, that says, Jesus, you have lordship of my life. It's an outward expression of an experience of the heart. And just like salvation, baptism is for all who receive the word. In Acts 2, many of us know this story, Jesus had left the earth and some of his followers gathered in an upper room. The Holy Spirit falls on them and emboldens them to preach the gospel. And Peter preaches the first sermon. Acts 2.37 reads, Peter's words pierced their hearts, And they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It says, This promise is to you, 
to your children and to those far away, all those who call on the name of the Lord our God. Incredibly, it goes on to say that that day, 3,000 people were added to the church. That's a lot of people being obedient to the call of God on their life. So after hearing his sermon, after hearing the gospel be preached, they said to him, what can we do? How should we respond? And Peter's answer to those people in that day is the same one that we have. His answer is the same for us. Believe and be baptised. So I want you to know, obviously, that salvation is um, from your belief and your confession, from your faith. It's not from baptism. But baptism is important because it's a commandment of Jesus. The last thing he said when he was leaving the earth, go make disciples in all nations. So people who believe in Jesus and then baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. That's why we do it that way today. It's a commandment of Jesus. So if you believe in Christ, if you're submitted to him, if he has lordship of your life, why wouldn't you want to be obedient to his commands and follow in the rhythms of his life? Do you believe and have you been baptised? It's become this pinnacle of faith journey in the Western church that you have to believe and then work on your spiritual life and then work on your character and then make sure you've got everything together and then you can be baptised. But when we look to the scriptures, belief and baptism actually come in the beginning of their faith journey. They're together. Acts 22, the story of Paul. He's on the road to Damascus, or Saul is on the road to Damascus, and he meets with Jesus. Then he goes into the city and he um, meets Ananias, a believer of Christ follower of Christ, he tells him of his experience, he repents, and Ananias says, why are we waiting? Why would you wait? And he gets up and he's baptised. This is Saul or Paul who was murdering Christians, believers of the way. We don't see him go on this long journey of figuring himself out and getting his life together before he's baptised. He repents, he comes to faith, and then he walks in obedience. He goes through the waters of baptism following Christ. In Acts 8, Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Again, many of us would know this story. Philip tells this um, Ethiopian man about Christ, and he believes And they randomly find a pool of water on the side of the road and he's baptised. The Ethiopian eunuch, in fact, says, what can stand in the way of me being baptised? What can stand in the way of my obedience? So when you look at the timeline of faith journeys in the Bible, it's believe and be baptised. How we've made it something different is a long story, but we want to come back to the scriptures to do it the way that the Bible instructs. We want to live in the rhythms of Jesus and follow in the way that he commands, to walk in obedience, to walk in boldness, to walk in faith. What a joy it is to be obedient to Christ. We don't want to take away from the scriptures or add to them. We just want to be obedient. It is our joy, our privilege to follow in the rhythms of Jesus. So if you do believe and you have not yet been baptised, why not now? Why not this morning? Baptism is obedience, and it's not a shameful thing if it hasn't happened yet. 
It's not a shameful thing if there is that gap in your story, if it's not immediately believe and be baptised. But it's a beautiful thing that today we have the opportunity to boldly walk in obedience and in faith. The baptistry is full this morning. And we want to invite you, if you feel a stirring in your spirit, if you feel today is the day that I'm going to step out in obedience, today is the day for me to be baptised, then come, respond. There's going to be time for that later on. How exciting is it to be obedient to God? For those of you who have been baptised, something I encourage you to reflect on this morning is how has your understanding of Jesus changed since that time? How has he been good in your life? It's beautiful to reflect on your own testimony and the joy that the Lord has brought to your life in all different seasons. I want you to take a moment this morning. We've looked at several different baptism stories in the Bible, but in this moment, I want you to reflect and consider your own baptism. I want you to take a moment to ask yourself, is today the day that I'm supposed to be baptised? Is today the day that I will walk in faith and in obedience and in boldness? Is that what the Lord is stirring in you? We want to listen to the Holy Spirit to be sensitive to what he's saying. And I want you to ask yourself, how will I respond? Now, maybe that stirring is your heart is racing because you know, oh my goodness, this is me. And so you're sitting there a little bit nervous or afraid. But I encourage you to respond anyway to have the boldness and the courage. And the Holy Spirit will empower you as you step into obedience. Or maybe you've just resonated with something that's been said, maybe a myth that's been busted that you've sat with for a long time. Either way, there's going to be staff and elders down on your left, my right. Um, And in these last few moments of our service in the worship I encourage you to get out of your seat, to respond, to come and have that conversation. Maybe you're not 100% sure. Still come out and have that conversation. When the Holy Spirit is stirring in you, it is a joy to respond. So how will you do that today? Let's pray. Lord God, we just bless you for your goodness towards us, for your kindness. We thank you, Father, that you invite us to be in relationship with you, that you invite us into obedience, that belief in baptism is just the beginning with you, um, and that there is always more. We thank you, God, um, for the way that you are with us, for your presence with us here this morning, for the way that you stir each one of us individually, that you care about every single one of us. We thank you for your flawless pursuit of our hearts. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.